is Passion Pod 78, and it's a stormer this week. I think when I stop saying things like that, you've got to start worrying, right? But this one really is a cracker. Chatting to Olia Hercules. Yes, that is her actual real name. Such name envy, I can't even tell you. Olia is a cook. She specialises in Eastern European food. I chatted last week about Ukrainian food, but actually it's all over Eastern Europe is where she gets her inspiration from. She's had a book out and she's done loads of different bits and pieces. She ain't scared of working hard. This is the girl who... I think maybe a couple of weeks before having her first baby was doing an internship at Sainsbury's magazine. She's worked in kitchens which are notoriously challenging places. It's probably the safest way to say that. Uh, Food styling, all sorts of different bits and pieces. So she's got a real good taste, excuse the choice of word, of all the different aspects of what it takes to cook. And her recipes are just not what you'd think of Eastern European cooking, which is what is so refreshing. She is refreshing all over. But anyway, you need a chance to suss that out for yourselves, don't you, instead of me bossing you about. So here's Olia. You're listening to Passion Pod 78 with Olia Hercules. Right, Olia, you're not just a chef. It's food stylist and a food writer as well. Yeah. So when you meet people, what's the one that you go for? Um, I, I just say that I'm a cook. You know, I cook for a job. And that <laughs> just covers be... everything. Yeah. Yeah, I've sampled yeah. deliciousness. Herbie eggs. There's probably a more official term for Herbie <laughs> yeah. eggs. What was it that you just fed me beautifully with? Um, it's called cuckoo and it's a... Oh, great name. It's cute, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Added points. Yeah, and it's an Azerbaijani egg dish and it's literally just loads of herbs dill, coriander, tarragon and Swiss chard and spring onion and just a little bit of egg to bind it and then you just fry it like an omelette basically. But that beautiful red on the top And then you've got some sumac on top. I'm going to put a picture so that people can see the visual for it. It is such (laughs) a treat. So yeah, take us back to the beginning. In a couple of sentences, you're a cook. What do you specialise in? You have certain specialities. Oh, I've written a book, Mamushka, and it's all about Eastern European food. Okay, so across the board. So across the board, yeah. Sort of ex-Soviet realm. Amazing. (laughs) So in my complete ignorance, do you find that there's real differences uh, between the countries or is there quite a lot of similarities? Mm, they are extremely different. That's why it annoys me sometimes when people just, you know, have a perception of Eastern European food and say something, oh, it's all the same, it's just potatoes and dumplings, which it isn't. It's not only different in each country, it's also very different within each country. So, you know, I think it's better to talk about like regional cuisine. So even, let's say, the south of Ukraine, where I come from, is very different to the food that they cook in, in Western Ukraine. The Western Ukraine is more like forests and mushrooms and earthy sort of deep flavours. And oh, in the south, <laughs> we've got all of this kind of herby, w- watermelon vibes <laughs> going on. I love that. Watermelon, yeah. Not something that probably most people would associate with the Ukraine. No, no, it's really hot. It's almost Mediterranean in terms of climate where I'm wow. from. Wow, Amazing. So really interesting for you, researching your book then, to explore all the different bits and pieces of all these different countries, rather than just maybe the ones that you know so well or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, Right, so let's go back before. What's the timeline that got you to writing your book? What did you do? Have you always been a cook? Have you always cooked for a living? What's what's your background? No, I did. I studied languages at university. And then after I did my master's, I just worked at various kind of jobs. I did a bit of translating and then... I worked for an independent film company for a bit, Artificial Eye, and then I kind of fell into this job at Screen International, 
which is a film business magazine. Okay. And I was a reporter reporting on sort of Russian film business so for totally two years. So totally different. Yeah, completely different. And then, and it was a lovely job. I mean, it was really cool. And then 2008 hit. Mm. That year. <laughs> that horrid, horrid, horrid. Where everything changes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, everybody just was being made redundant, basically. So, you know, every Friday you just sort of sit in the office and just... You know, oh, glimpse at someone like crying or running out of the office. It's like some, it's actually like some film. <laughs> yeah, yeah, film. yeah. Like, no, this is actually my life. Yeah. And I survived about five rounds of redundancies, I think. Well done. And, but then I thought, okay, I'm going to be definitely going to be next. Yeah. You sort of saw it coming. Mm, yeah. And then, so did that prompt you then to start doing this? Yeah. And then I was, I still remember my news editor, who's now my best friend, lives down the road. Caroline was sitting next to me. I still remember the moment. And um, and I was already crazy about cooking. I cooked at home, books, magazines, programs. You know, I was just obsessed with that thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was sitting next to Caroline and I looked at her and I was talking about cooking or whatever. And she looked at me and she was like, are you thinking of retraining? And I was like, yeah, I think so, yes. Is it crazy? And she was like, no. And she was so kind of cool about it and didn't make a big deal. And that kind of made me feel, oh yeah, Really? Oh, and then I just started thinking about it kind of seriously. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it, that someone is seeing it as a realistic thing yeah. can be like, well, yeah, actually, it sort of dawns on you. Yeah, she was just so aloof and kind of just, yeah, oh, cool. Yeah. She just made it possible all of a sudden. And then I started kind of investigating and, you know, cookery schools and whatever, and I found out that Leith's does this year course and it was really expensive. I mean, you know, it was extortionate. But then I found out that if you pass an exam, you can kind of skip the beginner's bit if you're good enough. And you can only do the last two bits. So basically a bit less than a year. And then I went to my... Well, first of all, I phoned my parents. Oh, I Skyped my mum, actually. And I, and I said, oh, mum, I've got something really important to tell you. And she was like, oh, I had a really weird dream. I was like, okay, tell me about your dream first. So my mum had a dream that we were both on the bus and then I said, no, mom, I have to get off. And she really panicked and I disappeared somewhere. And then she got off the bus and she saw me climbing a mountain or something. And then she said, and then I looked at you and I, I thought she's going to be all right. Oh, God, don't you've actually given me goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I oh know. my gosh. I know, my I mom. love your yeah. mom. <laughs> so she said that and I was like, okay, mom, now I'm going to drop it. I know that you've paid for all of my kind of BA and MA and I'm supposed to be this translator, but... I actually really want to be a chef and I'm thinking of taking a loan out to pay for the two semesters of this course. Oh yeah, that is the most amazing story. <laughs> God, if only everyone had like a mum that was as in tune as that, it'd be so, <laughs> wouldn't it? It's, it's like that light bulb moment. It's like, God, I could have done with a few of those along the way. <laughs> Not that my parents are hugely supportive, but that is nice clarity. Oh my God. And so when I told her, she was already kind of prepared by her dream. So she went, cool, don't take a loan out. We're going to help you out. We're oh, going to get wow. them, you know, and they helped pay for it, basically. Amazing. I couldn't have done it without them. And so then you went and you studied, you did that the two semesters Yeah, afterwards. and then I, I passed the exam and I did the two and I finished really well with good marks and, Amazing. you know, started doing kind of bits of work. So I started, I actually worked at Leith's at the school on Saturdays just washing dishes. Great. So that'd be Ottolenghi kind of doing his class and I'd be there like, I love him. <laughs> Gazing fondly. Yeah, yeah. Pass me another pot to scrub. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> No, Telengia, he was my total hero. He actually also inspired me in a way to change my life, to change my career, because he was he was an academic and 
doing some journalism as well, I think. And oh, then right, he I just no went, idea. he came to London and just went and worked in kitchens. And then he just became such a great success story with his partners. But so, so amazing to get up close as well, to have that experience of being around chefs like that. But yeah, inspiring anyway, but just to actually be that close and see them in action, it yeah. must be kind of <laughs> contagious. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though, doing a course like Leith's, because I can't imagine you did much Eastern European cooking in there. How were you developing your style and the stuff that you wanted to cook? Did that kind of come afterwards, or were you doing it alongside? Or? No, no, not until... You know what? I think in Eastern Europe we have a little bit of a complex, almost, about the food. I don't know why. It comes because, back to what you are saying about what people's perception Yeah, is. because people constantly say that, you know, they're just a bit dismissive about Eastern European food, and I just thought, well, it's not true. If, you know, maybe if you visited Soviet Union in the 70s and went to a restaurant somewhere, it would be rubbish, it would be horrible. But, but if I'm you went really... and visited my grandma, who, you know, had her own goats and made cheese and... You know, she, they lived so close to the land. I mean, everything, she grew everything herself. So imagine all that produce and what kind of food you can produce with it. So Eastern European food, I mean, there are not many spices to hide behind, basically. It's, it has to be really good meat, really nice vegetables. You don't need a lot of it, so it's not actually that expensive to make it. But, you know, it's five ingredients, amazing ingredients. And Quality. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that's very much the trend now, isn't it, here? You know, to yeah. have good quality ingredients, simple cooking, close to the land's a wonderful expression, but people are obsessed by, you know, it's much more popular now to grow your own veg yeah. or get organic veg delivered. You know, it's, um, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Because it's a great time for you in terms of that because that's kind of what people are after. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm lucky. I'm yeah. glad that it's happening. And also, I imagine not a lot of people doing it. You no. Know? Which is also quite cool because it gives you a real sense of, you know, you can really create your identity with that stuff. Yeah. So you finished the course. What happened after that? Where did you go from there? Uh, so uh, Leeds also had this. Another reason why I wanted to go to Leeds was my, my dream was to become a food stylist, basically, to do to make food look pretty and eventually maybe write you know, recipes for magazines and stuff like that. Okay. And they had this competition kind of thing. So you had to submit your recipes and then uh, people at BBC Good Food magazine have a look at them. And if they like you, they give you a half a year paid internship. Amazing. So I was one of the six that they picked. Oh to, my gosh. Like I went through the interview and I don't really do formal interviews very well. I don't, I don't think I was being myself, so I didn't get through. Oh, rubbish. Yeah, they picked another. And two people could go through as oh. well. So, oh, <laughs> no, it was my. just my heart just sank. And then I decided, okay, fine. So this didn't happen. So I'm going to go and work in restaurants, completely different kind of thing. I don't know if it was some kind of self-torture. Well, just it's just that thing Test. of wanting to get into the world of it all. Yeah, I guess, I guess so. And just also, I don't know, I just felt like, oh, it's such a male-dominated industry and I just kind of had, I wanted to prove something to myself and maybe to others and just be like, well, you know, I'm a woman, but I'm tough enough to do this. Great. Yeah, 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 sister. <laughs> need more of that. Yeah. It is so male-dominated, isn't it? It is. Have so, you found that difficult? Sorry, yeah. let's just go off on a tangent. Yeah, quickly, yeah. but have you found that difficult with what you've pursued now then? Actually, the food world, in terms of just meeting people, everybody's quite lovely, you know, every, everybody's been really nice, but kitchens are tough environments, and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah, it's, it's just... nice to know that it's not across the board, though. That's nice that it's, I mean, it's not great, it's still in kitchens. No, and, you know, especially if somebody's, like, really passionate about food and not just doing it as a job because they can't do anything else, you know, yeah. it's, um, it's a great thing. 
Sorry, let's so, go back. Yeah. <laughs> so I worked at a restaurant in Fulham. It was like a market, the Union Market. So oh, I know. Really like great. Tube, yeah, it? really great yeah. produce. And then they had a bistro there. So I went and I worked with one of Jamie Oliver's guys, Aaron Craze. Great. Yeah, so I was a chef de party there. So I was cooking, but I was kind of at the same time going through a divorce. Oh, and it was, not so great. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit, of a, a bit of a weird one. But then at some point, my, my head chef, told me, Olya, I know that you're crazy about Tulengi and they are looking for people. He was so nice, actually. It was so nice of him. He was like, I think you should apply. And oh I, my gosh. And I went and applied and I got the job. Um, and so you ended up working for them? I did, yeah. So That's I was amazing. a chef at the party at their Islington bench. Not for too long, for only eight months, but um, it was a great experience. It was tough. It was really hard. So then you kind of would expect that, dare I say, of a kitchen yeah, like that. And especially a... as successful as they are. You know? I mean, you have to really smash it. Yeah, <laughs> tough. Yeah. Amazing experience. No, I it was, it was, yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. I, I learned so much about seasoning, about being creative with flavors and, and ingredients. I just find the ingredients that Otolenghi uses just mm. so, they're so like fascinating. No, they are. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was amazing, really fantastic experience. But um, eight months was kind of enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. 18 hour days. Oof, I need my life back. Which, yeah, which I mean, uh, you know, for some time it was cool, and it, but at, at the end I was just like, okay, I've done this now. And then I kind of fell in love ahead of baby. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to do this yeah. part of my life. See you around. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine things... No, were... it, just, it just happened. It was a surprise. But yeah, I had my son. Basically. So that took a bit of a pause on the a stuff. Bit of a, yeah, a bit of a pause uh, when Sasha was... But no, kind of, I, I was still working. I worked up until two weeks before I give birth. Love it. No hanging around? No. <laughs> Wowzer. And I got an internship at Sainsbury's magazine. Oh my god. Um, so I was there pregnant. Intern- I started when I was six months pregnant. So it was just oh like this. Hi. So I've seen the waddling one. Oh, yeah. That's amazing, though. Such a great opportunity. I guess you yeah. didn't want to like let that go. They were fantastic. Yeah, and, um, and they sent me out on shoots, so I did a little bit of assisting and started writing recipes and stuff. So okay, so then getting back to actually, funnily enough, what you'd applied for with the good food thing, a bit more of the styling and stuff. Yeah, like exactly. That. So I got there in the end. Amazing. Well, it's always the with a huge though. bump. As well. Maybe that's the answer. Darling. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's so interesting how those things you, you can't tell at the time, but they finally the jigsaw kind of fits yeah. in. A Weird yeah, way. and then I also did cooking. I was still just heavily pregnant and kind of doing cooking with Nikki Smith, who's got this company called Healthy Yummies. I don't know if you've heard of them. No, they're really amazing. They've got a like a vintage food truck, and they've oh, got the whole cute. Yeah, really cute and really amazing food. So I kind of cooked for them as well, and you know did like Sunday Sunday lunches. <laughs> it's like excuse me, excuse me, wow. just around. But it was cool. It was really good. They were great. And then when Sasha was six months, I started kind of doing little bits. Picking things up again. A little bit. But so, and then, so when you started working again after having Sasha, did you sort of think to yourself you wanted to focus more on your stuff or what was your sort of, I don't know, the priority at that point or was it just still keeping your fingers in all the different pies? And, and, well, I actually got a full-time job when Sasha was one. There was this guy that set up this startup foodie company. It was called Recipe Kit. It was basically, the thing was we would send people ingredients all measured out and blah, blah, ah. and recipes. And then you, but, you know, unlike HelloFresh or something, yeah. it was supposed to be an interesting like world food so yeah. I kind of drawing on my you know experience, experience. so I was the head recipe developer oh, for wow. eight months and also did we did photo shoots as well so Great. I kind of had a big portfolio but then it kind of folded <laughs> it didn't really work okay so in January they stopped and I kind of lost my job and then that's it. And I thought, oh my God, I've got so many photos and I can just, bam, you know, get out there and be this amazing food stylist. Hey guys, <laughs> look at my photos. Here I am. And they were like, 
who the hell are you? No, keep assisting. You have to assist another, sort of for another two years or something. But then slowly, slowly, I started doing little bits and bobs here and there. And then parallel to that, I started writing for Guardian Cook. It's an amazing supplement. And they basically, like, they're editors. I think they're visionaries. Mina Holland, who's also a food writer, she's, I think she's younger than me, actually, but she's just incredible. She kind of just gives young writers amazing chance a chance yeah how refreshing so they gave me a chance as well they um started publishing my recipes in their 10 best column so they'd have like an ingredient say aubergine and then 10 best aubergine recipes so they had like established writers but also new writers like me so yeah so as i said i thought that i'd get all of these jobs when i and then there was nothing and i was just at home and it was winter like february it was so depressing really depressed like really depressed and then I post, I still remember that Instagram post, I posted something and I was like, I'm feeling really low right now. And just to keep myself out of this kind of, I don't want to slip into bed depression. So I'm just going to start doing a project for myself. And then the picture was one of my old, sort of my auntie's recipe books. And I just thought I'm going to start actually, you know what, Eastern European food does actually have a place now, especially that people, as you said, are more kind of open to amazing ingredients, etc. Uh, and I started doing it, just writing down recipes, my family recipes. And then um, I got an email from an agent from United Agents. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, what? That is ridiculous. And oh, my god! she wrote a really long email and said, I've seen your recipes in The Guardian and your Eastern European recipes are really interesting. And oh, yeah. would you like to come and have a chat with me? Like, uh, let me see if I can fit you in. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I went and I talked to her for two hours and she was sitting there, you know, listening. And then she said, this is all amazing. You tick every single box, but your profile is nowhere near. So come back in a year or two when you're there. So I was just like, you know, heart singing again. And I was like, oh God, okay. But kind of in a but kind positive of, thing. Yeah, but also, yeah, no, exactly. Actually, I did start, I, st- I did a test shoot with a photographer who ended up shooting the book with Chris. So we, we shot a couple of those recipes and I thought, okay, if, if this something happens, at least I'll have something to show people and be like, look, Eastern European doesn't have to be gray and horrible. And, blah, yeah. blah. and then this girl, Ro, just contacted me through LinkedIn out of all like, apps. Oh, extra jazz. <laughs> Yeah, boring one yeah. <laughs> and she said I used to have to do filming and now I want to do sh- you know uh, stills would you like to do a test shoot with me style my food and I was like okay cool and could you in return kind of let's do a barter yeah I'll do this for you and then you film me cook something great and she did and a friend of mine helped us with this amazing flat where we shot it and you know so I cooked one of the recipes the Georgian chicken and then she sent it to the Guardian, who didn't know about me. They didn't know that I was writing for them. It was the video kind of team. And she right. said, look at what I'm doing. Can we do yeah. more? Yeah. And and they said, oh, who's this? And what's she cooking? It looks really interesting. Can you invite her over? So we went for this meeting. And the producer basically phoned Faber Guardian, the publisher, and said, you need to meet Olia. And they met me and they kind of said, we want you to do this book. See, that's crazy. So that was nothing to do with United Agents. No, no. That was a completely different that path. Was, yeah. And that, so then I called United Agents, who's now... <laughs> Let me tell you. No, no it was a, more like... Ah, ah. Hell, hell. <laughs> what an incredible... I mean, you couldn't design that. Yeah, it just kind also, of... Also, it's so interesting <laughs> to me that you had never thought about doing your own things before. 
No. You know, like, so so clearly. It's so interesting, that development of time. I mean, the conflict in Ukraine had something to do with it as well. Right, because, fair enough. you know, it was a really scary time. And I just... And when they... Actually, when they invaded Crimea, which is literally... We are now on the border with Crimea, basically. That's how far south we are. And we supply Crimea with electricity and water. Right, okay. So I thought, if Putin goes completely mental, like, who knows? We might lose our house. My family yeah. would have to move, you know... Even though my mom said, I'm not moving, I've got my frying pan, I'm going <laughs> to defend my house, I'm not going to go anywhere. But Olivia, that's such a real story. The sort of reality of the impact of that, even though we're living our lives here, you know, yeah. it's very interesting to hear the effect that that has on decisions, understandably, but very unusual situation, isn't it? But it, it was really scary. So, yeah, so I didn't know. So actually part of this kind of me wanting to do this project before anything happened was to kind of record all of the recipes from my family oh, just in case anything happens. we lose the connection to the place. And, you know, so me and my mum would just chat on Skype and remember all of these wow. amazing things that my grandma used to what do. What a cool process of it being developed, though, like mm, that. Yeah. Wow. So, and then you went into doing your book and, and then... And then Ariella, my agent, signed me up immediately and then by the end there was three publishers that were kind of want, wanting it. Can you believe it, though? Could you believe it? <laughs> oh, I still have to pinch myself sometimes. It's, it's so great. But what's so exciting is, I think, if anyone's listening to this that is wanting to do similar stuff, it's like the thread here is just chugging on, isn't it? <laughs> it's like working in a kitchen, doing that at the Sainsbury's magazine, all these different bits of pieces... It's just your continuity, not just, but the main element of that is your continuity of sticking with it, really. Yeah, but I'm going to tell you, like, the reason why I became a chef, it, I never even dreamt. I mean, obviously it's somebody's dream to write something like this their whole life, but it wasn't why I did it. To be honest with you, I thought, and my parents, they'd tell you how uh, I'd come back home and, you know, my arms would be sort of covered in scars and I'd tell them how much I'm being paid and they'd just be mental. De- depressed and yeah. crying. But to be honest with you, it was... I was still going to do it. I know it sounds a bit cheesy, but it's true. There was no money in it, you know, and it, but it was fine because even if I had to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and get to work early and, you know, work my ass off, it, it was You're, worth it. I don't know how you do it, you crazy people. <laughs> it is just pure passion, isn't it? It's yeah. Be. What do you think were the most challenging things? Or what, what have been the most challenging things for you pursuing this passion of yours? <sighs> oh, I don't know. In the kitchen, it was really... You know that there's this whole hierarchy, and it's true. It happens. Yeah. People are not going to be nice. And I'm so used to, you know, I grew up in a really happy kind of environment, just a really quite a gentle person, really. <laughs> so for someone to shout at you or be, you know, it's that kind of Bruce. tough, yeah, yeah, tough way of communicating, especially after being in an office where everybody's so polite and great and whatever, and then you get into a kitchen and then somebody can swear at you and you know, it was never I never had anything thrown at me, thank God. But But it's like it's like a different world. It is, yeah. yeah. So it was really difficult for me to to toughen up basically and grow (laughs) really thick skin. It didn't work, no. (laughs) Um darling, what about advice? What advice do you wish you'd been given? Well, you have to be prepared. It is going to be long and tough and really difficult. 
it's not, you know, I don't know if I made it sound really romantic and lovely. But... Yeah, I'm like, if it's like that, sign me up. No, there's some tough bits in there for there's sure. There's some really tough bits, especially if you're in a professional kitchen. It's really, really tough. But at the same time, I can't wait to go back. I can't wait to do the carousel residency at the end of February. Yeah, I so really miss it. And they actually, they have a really lovely team, so it's easy to be with them. And I'm the boss. <laughs> so I can boss you around. But I'm a, I'm a really nice boss, they'll tell you. Yeah. I never shout it anyway. I've got that on good authority. Yeah. So yeah, so now you're, you've got this book and you're now just doing various bits and sort of residencies at different yeah, places. and, and uh, planning hopefully to maybe open my own place. Oh wow, that's exciting. Uh, and I want it to be just really kind of simple. And I'd love to open something with my friend Richard Snapes, who's an amazing uh, baker, who worked with me at Union Market. He used to um, be at the cheese counter basically and now he's reinvented himself as well. He's now doing sourdough bread which is incredible oh, I love sourdough bread I brought bread. him some hop flowers from Ukraine basically it's like wow. natural yeast and yeah. he made a sourdough starter and now he produces this incredible bread so I have this sourdough amazing bakery with these great special breads and then have like broths and really simple stuff that you can dunk your bread in oh my god seriously Oli are you killing me here <laughs> and short vodka shots and like fermented <laughs> yeah. tomatoes and stuff <laughs> it's like open now open tomorrow <laughs> Seriously, I actually asked her to be the first one on the mailing list. How great does that sound? See you there. Uh, thank you so much to Olia. What an interesting career journey. It just never ceases to fascinate me, it really doesn't, about all these different twists and turns. When you're at school, you just have no idea, do you? It's like, if you do this, then you'll end up doing that. And these stories are just such a brilliant way of hearing how people get to places that you'd never dream of getting to. So thank you very much, Olia. Really, really great to chat to her. And don't forget to check out her residency at Carousel. That's coming up soon. Another of our passion pods. Bit of cross-podination there if you will. Sorry, stop it. Next week, chatting to a charity. Really interesting story behind this charity, which we'll obviously go into way more depth with next week. But their main aim is to support at-risk young people who live in areas of London who are affected by knife crime and it creates opportunities to help them secure employment, education or training. And as I say, the story behind it was founded after a stabbing of one of their friends. So as you can imagine, super looking forward to hearing a bit more about that. So please join us. In the meantime, don't forget, there are loads of these. Have a hunt on our website, passionpods.co.uk, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes, and then you'll see all of the different amazing people that we've spoken to. If you've got any general feedback, find us on Twitter, at PassionPods. Really love hearing from you, really genuinely do, so please let us know. And as I said, back next week with a brand sparkly new one. See you then.